everyone, welcome to Point of Origin, episode 72, the podcast where Daniel's once again haunted by a man who does bad translations. Daniel is haunted by a lot in this episode. <laughs> of both the comedic and, even at one point, dramatic variety. Yeah. I just, I was like, hmm, I'm having real flashbacks to the movie. Where someone who's supposed to be good at their job is like, oh yeah, it means this. And Daniel goes, no, <laughs> that's a wrong translation. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, I'm trying to like figure out how to say it concisely and it's really not going to work. <laughs> I'm going to be more repetitive than usual in this episode, most likely, this week. Because I'm just, uh, this episode was fantastic. But there were was... so many little things that I felt were worth mentioning. Like, from the acting to just the attitude, uh, the dialogue. I mean, this whole friggin' episode was just amazing. For a time loop episode, they threw Peter DeLuise at it for directing. So there's some amazing shots for a time loop episode. I, I have a note on that. It says, uh, oh, directed by DeLuise, you say? Really? Stares intently as Sam and Hammond have an extended take down a hallway complete with consistent dialogue and background activity. Really? Yes, it's you true. You say that he's directing this episode. Huh, can't, that's I can't shocking. See it. I can't, I, I don't know, I just, uh. But yeah, seriously, like, it was just, he's just, he's insane. He's insane. They're, they're all insane. They're all so good. I love how much a freaking serialized show can, how much quality it can garner, how much, you know, it can, like, you know, gather in with its directing. Yeah, just, uh. You don't necessarily expect them to do like the kind of dramatic shots and in great I feel long like takes. Somehow but... Babylon Five has become the sci-fi that speaks for the genre, and that's honestly not the show to have speak for the genre. That's like saying Red Dwarf is a great example of sci-fi. It's like it's <laughs> one of them. Um, I would say it's definitely going for a different kind of feel than other stories might, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's that kind of stuff where it's. I feel like that's the kind of camp feel a lot of sci-fi will just automatically have upon conception or delivery or whatever. And then you're like, it's not until you actually see it that you're like, oh, shit, never mind. <laughs> but whatever. I don't, I, don't, it, it, I, don't, I don't even care. I'm over it. You know, it's not like this is new information. No. It's mostly just, again, I'm just, I always celebrate it whenever I see all this really good shit. Because especially today, I'm just so tired of... <laughs> the bad directing in life it's just yeah i am dreading the words these days whenever i see like when i'm looking something up and i see the words multi-camera formats oh it doesn't mean you have to take everything from 16 different angles and cut it all between you know you, you can still use just one of those cameras for a little while uh, but deloise obviously knew that I'm hoping still does. I haven't really seen a lot of his i don't know if i've been watching his newer stuff i don't know i just watch tv and i don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's not i mean you don't necessarily unless you're doing something like this look at who's doing i mean like every now and then i'll be watching something i can't for, i watch so much crap so i have no idea when it was but it was like a, a month ago i was watching something on netflix and it was not old it wasn't like you know as of like a decade ago it was within the last like year or so that it had been released mm -hmm. and then i just happened to catch it when it said directed by roxanne dawson and i went oh shit <laughs> and eric goes what i'm like yeah, balana torres directed this episode <laughs> but yeah so it's like in, unless it's those kinds of moments where it's like oh shit yeah well we've thrown around a lot of names how about we throw around our own i'm mel i'm Liz. and on the subject of names uh as we said already peter deloise directed this and went hard for a time loop episode <laughs> i mean you kind of have to with this shit fair enough 
And it was written by, at this point, some new names, although um, they're going to be... Yeah, they're not going to be new for to, long. <laughs> no. In fact, uh, in two episodes, they're coming back. Uh, and they seem to just write as a team. Yeah, no, they're going to be here for 74 episodes. Yeah, well, this page right now is showing me 56. Yeah, so I think it's counting Atlantis, So the other ones Atlantis must too. be other Stargate episodes. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to be here for a while. And you know what? Um, it's Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully or Mully. I don't know. Uh, years of watching, I've never figured out if it's Mully or Mully. I, I don't know. And yeah, they're going to stick around. And that's great because this episode was a delight. And you know another episode they wrote? I mean, again, they've written a bunch. So yeah. uh, Well, it's coming up soon. Well, not soon, but like in, I don't know, seven episodes. The Curse. Yeah, they're gonna be sticking around, and I'm good. I'm I'm good. Sorry, there's just a lot of notes here, but yeah, okay, yeah, I was right. Seventy four. Go me. Fun little thing. I love it when this happens in TV shows because you know, as we know, episodes don't always air in the order that they might have thought they were going to. Yeah. Uh, so according to the commentary, although this was the second episode after Scorched Earth to be written by them, it was the first of theirs to air. So. Oh, okay. So Scorched Earth was the first one they wrote. That'll be in three three weeks. That's the next one we're getting from them. And yeah, and then as for the director, we're going to be seeing him. Uh, obviously, he's the guy who helps the guy get up. I knew it! I wrote it in my notes! I was like, is that Peter DeLuise? Of course it is. He actually did a pretty good job of not showing his face in that one, though. <laughs> but yeah, so this is not Scorched Earth. Uh, it is Window of Opportunity, Season 4, Episode 6. And as we've said a couple times now, this is the prerequisite sci-fi time loop episode. Oh, sorry, I said the guy, Daniel. It's when Daniel fell down. He's the guy helping Daniel up. Sorry, continue. Yeah, he's not even the one who ran into Daniel. He's yeah, no, Siler's the one who runs into him. He's just the one fucking helping him up. Siler, what are you doing? You're not even looking. Just he's running down double. the fucking middle of the hallway. He's a stunt double. His job is to run. Not in the middle of a hallway. Remember the actor yeah. is uh, Richard Dean Anderson's stunt double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his stunt double. So that whenever he was on the show in front of the camera as an actual character, that's him moonlighting. I love Siler. But yeah, uh, every sci-fi show has a couple of tropes they gotta hit. Time loop, body swap. Um, Sometimes shitty zombie. I, I just, I love how they always fit in a version of zombie. That's that's the one that always pisses me off, honestly. A VR episode. Gotta have a VR yeah. episode. I always go back to Enterprise's Vulcan zombie one because, wow, that was, that was such <laughs> a fucking, that was such a fucking terrible stretch. Ugh. Like, I don't know what... Sh- episode of this show i know they have to have one i just don't know which one it is hmm. unless we're counting hmm. like the hathor episode as like a zombie thing i mean like real zombie like the zombie zombie yeah i can't think of anything mm. yet well i mean 10 years there has to be something plus the other yeah shows. we'll, we'll keep an eye out not we'll universe universe out. was too good for that shit because <laughs> it was almost entirely written by robert c cooper <laughs> not not just that but i love how it's like the one upside to being <clears throat> the one upside to being canceled so early is, is it that never you, had a chance exactly to you never had a you didn't have long enough to get to that point like you didn't yeah. you weren't allowed to make those mistakes so on the, on the other hand that means i can hold you up in glory and go la no one will ever touch this yeah but yeah let's just be talk such a long about this episode because there's be a such lot a to episode. talk about in this episode <laughs> it's gonna be such a long episode oh my god uh, man there is so much trivia for this episode too okay so here's the thing i'm gonna start off on, on, a, on a negative note here because the rest of this is gonna be fucking positive uh-huh i complimented the shit out of the dialogue and i meant it like it's it's terrific yeah. except for one sole thing that stands out to me and it's like the first fucking scene too okay so we do one of our three 
main openers for an episode. We start on a, on a planet and at least it's a sound a sound stage for once yeah yeah it's not it's not uh vancouver woods (laughs) and there's like ruins around them uh jack and sam are at the gate sam's like setting up some equipment for testing of a thing jack is like looking up at the sky that's starting to do uh interesting reaction things and he he looks up at it and he goes is it supposed to be doing that and sam instead of saying yes or no Gives a science babble answer where she's talking about geomagnetic levels and blah, 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 blah. And I'll let you talk about this the, the complaint in a second, but I do just want to end my uh, setup for this by her giving her a little science babble. And then Jack just kind of staring at her for a minute and going, so is it safe? Is it safe? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I never get tired of that shit. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, I didn't understand a word you just said. Just, just, is it Okay. <laughs> I mean, we always hit on the same exact thing. God, sorry. I thought I I thought this frog in my throat was gonna be gone, but it's not. Of I went not. hiking for a whole week and a half in fucking Maine, and you would have thought that would be long enough, but no. If it were for the fact nah. that I had two negative COVID tests, I would think I had some sort of like sleeper COVID. No, colds just last for fucking ages. Fucking hate it. Anyway, so he asks, "Is it safe?" And she says, "That's what this equipment is going to find out." You hear the flaw in that, right? Yeah. Like, you hear the flaw in that, right? You Especially send it through on a map alone. Yeah. So, and that's what kills me is because that seems to be, a, it has to be a flub. Like, literally, I'm not saying she flubbed, but somebody at the last second had to have fucked up because. Just fucked up like a single part of the delivery or something. Literally, the word choice must have been swift yeah. or switched or something because. Swift is a new word for me. Because seriously, <laughs> Swift. <laughs> throughout the rest of the episode, there's little tiny things, good writing wise that mention what the setup to this was for example um she'll even say literally 30 seconds after that she'll mention something along the lines of we saw that before or something as in like a malp or something and then later they'll mention how sg sg12 i think or sg15 came through and talked to this guy uh it would have to be 15 because 12 is the one who keeps coming back so 15 so they even mentions like i spoke to the ones who came through before so obviously this is not the first go through for anything whether it be malp or team or whatever so what the fuck is that line it, it, i was it started me off on such a what the fuck moment and then immediately abandoned it so I, that tells me it was a mistake which actually makes it better because it's like a light mistake as in they weren't trying yeah. to actually say that that was that had to have been an oopsie At some somehow during the editing that got missed and accidentally flipped yeah. around but yeah it just cracked me up it's just like that's what this equipment's here to find out then why are you here <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah, but she does kind of end the conversation by saying we shouldn't stick around for long. No shit. Also, you guys do understand, like, solar gear, right? Like, you could be wearing literally anything <laughs> to help you nah, with this. Nah, they don't wear protective gear until they've already experienced it once, and they yeah. haven't experienced this Dude, that yet. actually leads me into this really quick little note. Uh, did you catch that bit of dialogue towards the middle-ish where uh, Jack says... Something, something, you were talking about a corona, whatever. And I lost my shit. Because I was like, I'm sorry, coronavirus? What? Who? Like, how? And then I had to go back and realize what he'd said and went, wow, that just accidentally was perfect. Because of just like, I like how we're just all triggered for that word now, you know? Like, it's, we're all primed to hear it. But yeah, that killed me. Um, and it just kind of leads me into that too, where it's like he's talking about coronal mass ejections. She knows this, as in, like, I'm guessing because of the fact they were able to do a briefing, a mouth went through at the very 
least. Yeah, definitely. They have data. Why aren't you wearing anything <laughs> to protect yourself from this? Like, why are you even going to begin with? Like, I kind of gloss over that entirely. Uh, well, they're definitely going because there's ruins there and Daniel did puppy dog eyes. Yeah, but puppy dog eyes should never be able to override sanity like common sense eh. like just wait until the flares are over you're asking like, a lot I mean, there <laughs> i'm pretty sure i just read somewhere uh, i feel like it was reputable reputable but somewhere i um was saying something about how if we ever experienced a solar flare by the time we that we got a warning it'd be a little too late and it could like it could do anything from like you know raise the earth to just disrupting all of the electricity in yeah, like I a hemisphere or something so it's like they're not anything to sneeze at not just the burning capability but like the, everything else about them the, the electromagnetics that they bring up a few times here when jack goes magnets with such confidence you yes. know like that kind of stuff <laughs> like they understand that maybe back then they didn't know about the electricity part yet but i feel like i, that, I feel like that can't be true <laughs> like they had to have known that by then like this doesn't feel like it's new information i don't know Either way, it cracks me up that because they need the story to happen, they're like, yeah, solar flares, whatever. Let's just you know, send the entire team through. Actually, multiple teams, it sounds like. But yeah, um, so she says we can't stick around here for long. And he's like, yeah, did you tell Daniel that? Which is the cue for the camera to go over to Daniel, who's hanging out with his nerd friend, um, Malachi. And they're just, like, pouring over the table with all of the writing on it. And we get the the part where, like, Daniel's pointing at a part of the translation. And Malachi translates it to something like Masters of Time or something. And Daniel's like, um, actually, no, it's more like this. <laughs> and I don't remember what he translated it to. The point is this man translated this poorly, which is the entire reason this episode happens. Because he did a bad translation and came to the wrong conclusion. He thought that he had a doorway to heaven when it was actually the Stargate. I mean, these mistakes have been made before. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're talking over archaeology nerd shit and then this man just pulls a fucking laser gun out of his bag and points it at daniel's chest and daniel the genius just stares at the laser gun being pointed at him <laughs> i think at this point he's just accepted it as an inevitability so it's like half shock half resignation now like oh yep nope that's a gun fuck it's like he's like a man of his a man of, of letters who A man of letters. A man of letters. A man who, of letters who shoots people? How could you? <laughs> I, I do love that. Actually, here's the thing. You, you're on to something there in a way because, not in a way, that sounds so condescending, but you know, <laughs> um, in a way, Thank you might, you. you know, like, oh God. Anyway, but like there's a, you know, like something that is set up pretty early with Jack. He'll be, he'll say a uh, bad example. He says bad example a few times yeah. throughout. I, I do like how they, they have a lot of mirroring going on in this and so on and so forth. This is actually yes. a well-fucking-crafted episode. Oh, like, this is yeah, why it holds up good. so well. I, I haven't looked at the rating as usual, but it's supposedly one of the high, uh, This is tied, apparently, with this, uh, one other episode as the highest rated in the series. Fair enough, because there's actually... Um, I won't get into the details of it until we actually get there, but there's something that uh, a weaker writer on this show, it would have just been a plot hole in this episode. But they actually make it... They give a... a decent answer for it yeah so i like how that's kind of you're you're setting it up it's it is set up yes <laughs> because there's that beautiful oh i wrote it down where he notes. says yeah. you know his line and daniel goes uh 
I do. So it's like a man of letters holding a gun. Hang on. Daniel, I'm going to find you hold I think a gun. I wrote down exactly. Uh, what kind of archaeologist holds a gun? Has a gun? Uh, hang uh, on, hang on. Where the I hell do. is it? I just love Daniel. He can't, he's kind of like you. He can't not be contradictory. Yeah, I do love it. <laughs> Especially because it's like, yeah, but Daniel, do you use the gun? No, you don't. <laughs> The exact delivery is later on in this episode, Jack will confront this man with the gun he has in his bag. Um, he'll be like, what kind of archaeologist carries a weapon? And Daniel just comes up raising his hand like he likes to do. And he's like, uh, uh I do. I do. <laughs> Daniel is so, for lack of a better word, and it's not really the best word, but I can't think of a better one literally. He's just so bitchy this whole episode. Like, he's, he's so good. <laughs> I, my my headcanon, my theory is, is because, you know, at the beginning of every loop, it's because Daniel Jack doesn't remember never anything. Answers his exactly. <laughs> literally, he starts every loop off with the, you know, rude I want rude to know what off. he's so mad about. I, need, I desperately I love it, need though. to know what he's so mad about. I just love it, though, because it sets the tone for literally the entire episode. All of his interactions are kind of colored with that, and I love it. Yeah. From, like, the beginning where he, like, tosses down a fork, kind of bitchy. There's one part later where he says, oh, I'm sorry, read the report. Um, there's <laughs> yes! another point where um, when, when uh, Jack says, we've been here, done this, and he goes, we do it every morning. And without even looking at the page, flips it. Just goes, and just literally just flips the page without even looking at it because he does it literally just for dramatic effect as he stares Jack down like, yeah, dumbass, we do this every morning. Is that why you yeah, can't be bothered to pay attention? He's incredibly bitter that Jack did yeah. not tell him what he thinks about whatever he was mad about at breakfast. I just, uh, I just, I just really love Daniel. I love everybody in this episode. Everyone's attitude is terrific i love teal's like at one point when the shit's starting to get going and he literally he's one loop in and he's already getting smug he's like one will be injured smiles evilly as he watches his comrade come in hobbling in pain yes love it everything about this yes this does this does more for character development than like half of a season but yeah so he shoots daniel with a gun daniel falls over which gives him enough time to start pressing things on the, the altar table that was between them. That's got, it's like this table that's got a whole bunch of little squares that all have writing on them, and you can like push them up and down. <laughs> it looks like a game for kids. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I gotta say though, real quick on this guy, I looked him up just now, like literally just now, because I was like, he has to be in something right now looks right? like he's just another one of those underappreciated types he's been in a bunch of shit you know he's what i call the perpetual extra which is unfortunate because he's great right no he's terrific in this and it starts off immediately because like i was you know literally one note in i'm bitching about you know the weird choice in dialogue and then the next note is and they immediately recover immediately recover <laughs> because malachi the way he interacts with him with daniel is great because he's like you know doing that nervous like oh yeah ha 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 <laughs> and then he just kind of like he goes yes how great it is that you understand this language so well cries softly like he's just yes. like fuck but he's doing such a great job of just being like oh great fuck off please god damn it like seriously but also, there's something great in that like he also manages to show some of his like like single-mindedness there because even yeah. though daniel corrects his translation that doesn't make him pause in his plan at all. Right, like, no, he's dedicated. Like, the fact that you mistranslated a huge part of your entire plan, and you just keep going with it instead of finding out more about it, that's some fucking drive right there. 
I mean, I you can't blame him. Despite what TV might show us, these extremely rare instances, for example, a period of ex- increased coronal mass ejections, mixing with this time machine, and so on, so on, so on, all the things that happened here, TV will have you think this happens every day, but supposedly it's actually rare. Oh, yeah, so Sam this guy's been says, waiting for this. Sam actually gives like a what she said like every fifty years or something. Yeah, something. So like it's well, it's it's not like you know a huge gap of time, but it's longer than this guy's potential like lifetime. Like if he's already yeah. halfway through his life and he missed his window the first time, or he didn't need it the first time, you know, whatever, whatever. It could be that he'll be very much long dead by the time the next one comes around. So yeah, that would be your drive. Enough. I just love how they always manage to have the perfect uh, circumstances. This. rare event is always (laughs) happening to be fair it technically kind of works because i have said this before space is big space is really really big and if you have access to a fuck ton of planets it's not really that unheard of i i I think the math would work out that all these so-called rare things would still line up for you yeah just in terms of your travels and expanse but yeah um he shoots daniel starts pressing buttons jack and sam and he'll come over and Jack and Teal'c start trying to wrestle him ar- away from the table, especially because it starts, like, um, I think they come over because there starts to be, like, electricity, electricity and sort of things are hitting gathering around the gate. Yeah. Okay, and then- so my favorite thing about this is how literally no culture has ever thought to put down, a, like, a little ring of stones to indicate a, like, minimum safe distance. Like, hey, we know you're through and the gate's closed, but you should probably stand behind here. Like, when you're waiting for a subway. So you don't right. get hit, you know. I will say, <laughs> just I'm pretty sure they were that. all far enough, far enough away that they. Well, no, because they have a really dramatic it. shot where uh, the gate gets unexpectedly know, activated and they throw them, themselves down. I think well, that was them fine, being careful. Fine, fine, even if that's not a problem this episode, it's still a thing, and it oh, cracks yeah, no, me up how literally no one does it, and it's just really funny to me. Like I like how no one has thought to put down like there's a little like little caution thing somewhere. I know most of the cultures we see don't even know what the gate is slash how to yeah. use it, so it doesn't make sense necessarily for everybody. But I feel like once again the math works out where at least a few people know what this thing is, or at least did once upon a time, and. I like how none of them took safety precautions. Yeah, either they were just being overly careful or the fact that the shot was like straight on with the gate with them behind it made trying to get angles and distances. Yeah, the force the perspective CGI wasn't working out. Weird. Yeah. yeah. One, one way or the other. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not even worried about it. Like I said, even if it isn't for this episode, it, it, it's a thing in general that always kind of oh, cracks me up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I just like how no one's interested in it. Like, excuse me, deaf people exist. What if they don't hear it? What if they? What if they're Helen Keller? What if they can't see or hear and they're just standing next to the gate? Like, if there was like a raised thing that was a minimum safe dif- distance, you would eliminate that problem. I guess they just don't care about people. Well, they'd also have to know that the raised thing meant that. Don't. Well, I'm assuming the society would be that they were, you know, raised to understand, just like how somebody learns how to read Braille. You know, I'm saying the circumstances could happen. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that it could. So yeah, he he it it. Whatever he does on the table makes the gate dial, and there starts to be, like, this electricity arcing thing going between the table and the gate, which obviously gets the rest of the team's attention. And I love how even when they come over and see Daniel on the ground, they don't quite figure out right away that this man it's of letters shot him. because they're used to him. seeing him on the ground. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like, oh, shit, <laughs> Daniel's dead again? God damn it. But when this guy does not help uh, like react in a, a logical way then jack and teal try to pull him away from the table which means all three of them are touching the table 
when the electricity reaches its like highest arc and the screen goes like white from all of it and then when it comes back in jack is got a, a spoon of fruit loops in front of his face and he's like weren't we somewhere else before and it's in the middle of daniel being like anyway that's just how i feel about it what about you and he's very vehement about whatever the fuck he was talking about at breakfast yeah and i like how they never will tell you i know it's, it's i want to know because i'm sure it's something inconsequential maybe he's complaining about budge again maybe i uh i know that dan um jack would have been complaining had he ever managed to actually eat that spoonful he would have been complaining because it was actually, uh, they were glued in place to ensure continuity between shots. Fair enough. That's why he never eats it. It's because it's full of Elmer's glue. <laughs> oh my god, in my notes I even said maybe it was about other people doing bad translations. So I do think he was complaining about Budge. He must have been. <laughs> maybe he's complaining about this new writer because later they're going to use a book called Latin for the Novice that uh, Jack reads while helping to translate the text. It's written by Joseph Belosi, Ph.D., Oh, that's amazing. So maybe he's just complaining about this new book he's reading. Oh, I already love the sense of humor of these writers. <laughs> but yeah, so Jack and Teal'c are both acting. Well, no, it's, it's most visibly Jack, because Jack's the one on the screen. Jack is clearly and acting a little Teal'c's weird. Teal'c's always so taciturn. Yeah. And, you know, he just kind of leaves the table saying a couple of weird things, like, weren't we somewhere else? And Jack and Sam, not Jack. Daniel Weird and, and yet like, still uh... Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of like half acknowledging it, but also kind of like whatever. My favorite part yeah, is when Daniel Jack. and Sam exchange like a kind of like they exchange a look and Daniel does like a little angry squirm in his chair like, God damn it, really? <laughs> yeah. But it's time to go to the the briefing for the planet they're supposed to go to, the one that Jack and Teal have already been to. And I did know as they were leaving, Daniel is eating completely plain waffles. Ugh. There's nothing on those waffles. There's not even butter because those things are dry as fuck. Probably the best way to ensure continuity. Also, it's probably the best way to make him not be fucking tired of waffles. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, he had to do a couple takes for his eating from that. And he's like, I'm not putting anything on that. I'll be sick. <laughs> I maintain that the only downside to everybody being so, like, I love how their interactions are all just a little different in this episode. Because for the most part, they're in the mountain and they're relaxed and not in immediate yeah. peril and stuff. Uh, you know, maybe a little stressed about the situation, but not, you know, running for their lives or doing their usual kind of stupid dangerous dangerous yeah, crap tone than we get for most episodes yeah but as a result the actors also got a little relaxed because i couldn't not hear the canadian in like everybody's voice <laughs> every single person on screen Aww. was saying sorry and uh michael was michael shanks was uh I, I, maybe it's just because they had to do a million fucking takes who knows but he was saying a boot so much it was, every time he was like yeah i wanted to you know show you it's something about um it's the scene with the 400 pages of text he says about this i need your opinion about this and it's like he you know he mostly covers it but he's usually better like this was i'm let's. guessing everyone was just like fuck it man let's do it i love those tiny little accent slips oh i know it's my favorite thing I, ever i've know in this podcast i've mentioned my favorite merlin northern irish accent slip person <laughs> dude my favorite thing is when somebody like i love boondock saints i do i, I shouldn't it's a weirdly bad mm -hmm. movie but they're also weirdly good also the actors it's mostly the actors honestly like oh yeah the Willem actors Defoe. carry uh and then the second one is just 
like Clifton Collins Jr. Oh my God. Like when he was in Pacific Rim, I was like, finally a mainstream movie. I can like, I can be like that guy. Cause no one, <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, Hiroyuki, uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. He gets, uh, his ass kicked in, um, by Hawkeye of all people. He's in the, the Wolverine movie. He's the dad, the bad guy. I don't even care. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for him because I love him. <laughs> I watched the beginning and the ending of Mortal Kombat because he was in it. And that was all I watched it for because fuck that. I love Hiroyuki Sonata. Anyway, um, the whole point is I love Boondock Saints too. I really do. Julie Benz was in it too. Like it was just great. Fucking Billy Connolly is the only misstep, I think, casting-wise, because this guy is so fucking Scottish. He bleeds Scottish. He's like Gerard mm. Butler. And yet, for some reason, Hollywood has tried to hire both of them to play Irish guys. And it's like, they're just, it's, I just don't get it. I'm missing some detail here where it makes sense for others, because those don't sound remotely the same. And you really can't hide those accents. You really can't hide those vowels, like the way you chew on them. So just like so with I'm Daniel gonna... trying to say a boot every time, it's like, you can't make Billy Connolly <laughs> sound Irish. It just doesn't work like he sounds so more irish than the two do, americans but not meh. i'm gonna do a huge generalization here but it's <laughs> based on some reality a lot of fucking americans can't tell the difference to where some a lot of fucking americans think australian and british sound the same yeah that that one i yeah that one yeah um yeah uh -huh, like, don't yeah. get me wrong it took me a little while to start identifying the difference between australian and new zealand accents but that's you know i feel like that one's a little bit more understandable they are re relatively i almost went australian relatively they almost they're, they're <laughs> relatively close geographically i think so. i can tell pretty clearly because um because of the fact that pretty early on uh, what's her name melanie something she was in two and a half men as rose oh melanie linsky melanie linsky yeah melanie linsky love her she's got the cutest fucking accent i know she never gets to use it she got to use it in psych Which is why I can tell the difference between New Zealand and Australian accents. Because I latched onto her voice in Psych and I was like, I love this voice so much. And now I can very easily tell the difference between New Zealand and Australia. And nowadays I can recognize it at a snap, but that's only because I've watched uh, VLDL for so long. And they're a Fair New Zealand-based group. Yeah. So like one of their earlier skits, they even there's a guy who goes like, what accent are you doing right now? And he goes, it's a mix between American and Australian. And I was like, was Australian in there? Shit. And I had to listen to it again. <laughs> and that was kind of the one that started to show the difference for me. Like I know yeah. anybody listening who is, is from Australia or New Zealand, they are probably you know just sniggering a whole bunch right now. I mean, like, Jesus fucking Christ, Americans. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, anyway, we got a usual tangent there. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, 15 minutes you're going to cut of this. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so he, he, I just, I just love the little slips. I love it when every now and then I, I have to him. remind myself that Amanda Tapping is apparently English to the point where I'm oh, guessing yeah. an accent slips. I, I don't understand her accent because Sanctuary <laughs> makes it so much harder too. And I've heard her do conventions and she sounds American, but I've also, I know people like John Barrowman, for example, apparently it, it depends on like who, literally where he is. Like if he's talking with his family. He sounds Scottish because his family is you know, oh, yeah. half Scottish, half, half American. And then, but if he's doing American shit, he sounds American. And just, you know, depends on oh, where yeah, like he is to, literally physically like at that moment. Even when he's on uh, British panel shows, yeah, he'll he usually do goes American. just the American accent. Yeah. Unless he's talking about something Scottish or like exactly. to do and all with of a sudden his heritage. Just... And then he'll go yeah. right into it. 
I always I remember this one blooper that always stands out in my mind from uh, Torchwood where I can't remember I can, I don't even remember if I could hear the accent change. All I remember is he walks in through a doorway and he says something and then laughs at himself and goes, "Damn, that was so fucking Scottish!" and just walks back <laughs> out again <laughs> to redo it. <laughs> Accents are something I could talk about all day with the actors, as we can notice. You know, I'm guessing how much I, I can only during recording. It's always fun because I never. I'm writing notes to myself, but it's always a toss up what I'm actually gonna leave in. But yeah, yeah. I uh, like I said, the same with you know, a man and tapping. I I'm always kind of listening for that kind of stuff, and then I just I just love episodes like this where I wasn't expecting it, but all I could hear was fucking sorry in a boot, and it was it was beautiful. <laughs> You're, you and I are gonna have lots of episodes. We're gonna just talk endlessly about the accents on for Atlantis. Because nice. there's two actors there who fake two distinct accents. <laughs> and I mean that in the sense of, like, I, I as a kid didn't bother to, like, look into it. I genuinely thought they were, like, Scottish and uh, Czechoslovakian, uh, Czech, respectively, because yeah. I, I didn't, I don't know. Um, and then when, <laughs> when I saw Paul McGillian and something, and I was, oh, he's Canadian. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. And then I saw the other guy in an episode of Supernatural, and he was doing an American accent. I'm like, wow, he can do American really well. And I looked him up. No, he's just North American. He's fucking, he's Canadian. Okay. Well, I will say, I will say Canada gets, or at least used to, I don't know if they still do, uh, they used to get a lot of immigrants. I mean, like, everybody still gets a lot of immigrants. I know, but like, it was, I, I, I don't remember what I was looking it up for. Oh, it was, it was for me making a character. Uh. <laughs> um, and it was just, uh, they just get a lot of like very varied immigrants. So like, I mean, just yeah, because they're Canadian like we doesn't mean they're not also. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to imply no, that yeah, whatsoever. No, I just, yeah, yeah, no, it just, it was just funny to me that their literal born raised accents were not those yeah. ones entirely, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know that for like easily five or six years and after. Yeah. Cool, but yeah, so we'll be uh, making fun of a lot of accents, I'm sure, in the coming <laughs> years. All right, anyway, let's do this. It's already like an hour. Oh, yeah, wow, an we're hour like in. Jesus. seven minutes into this episode. Okay, we can do this. So they're at the briefing, and Jack immediately starts interrupting it by talking about how like they've done this before. They already went to this planet. God, I was just in tears. This is all so funny. Everyone else is trying to be like, uh, no, Jack. No, we haven't. And he's like, oh, really? Then how do I know about this thing about the planet? And Sam's like, oh, maybe you read my report. And da- Daniel, perfect delivery, perfect face, not a single pause, just goes, maybe he read your report? And just stares at them both for a minute to let that sink. The fact that he's so quick on every single moment tells me that he's literally primed this <laughs> entire episode. You know, it's not, you know, weeks yes. of this, it's just one day for him. So he's just, from that moment we see the loop start, he is just pissed and ready that's why he wasn't reading the page when he flipped it that's why he says this is because he's literally just ready he's the reason why the cameras flips back and forth isn't because they're trying to go for the quickness effect it's because they're trying to not give it away by daniel just staring as he just waits it's because jack never told him exactly so it's just i love it we've already talked about how accurate it is for him it just fucking kills me yeah i just love his quickness but i love that when he says this jack doesn't even try to defend nope. himself. Doesn't even try to be like, hey, I read. Just, he just kind of, he like kind of shrugs along with it. Like, yeah, he's right. I don't read your reports. Uh, thankfully, Teal steps in at this point to be like, no, no, he's right. <laughs> it's like when you were in school, when a teacher uh, had to would, like leave notes for the substitute. And there was always like that secret list that was, okay, these students are to be trusted. And Teal's on that list. 
yeah, like there's always the students that are on the bad list of like whatever they say, don't fucking buy it. Whatever these guys say, most likely is true. Yeah. Like if they're backing you up, it's it's probably good. That list, Tilk is 100% on the green side. Jack is so deep in the red, he's black. Daniel is on either one, depending on which teacher. Oh yeah, it is. no, Daniel <laughs> is always a special case. If he respects that teacher, he's on the green. If he doesn't respect yeah. that teacher, he is in the red. So yeah, Teal backs Jack up, and they try. They get an opportunity to prove themselves on what they're saying because we get an unscheduled Gaiden. And they're like, oh, oh, I can tell you who that is. It's SG-12. And one That's of them's going to be injured. part, literally. He and literally, sure I enough. just love Tilk. He goes, one of them will be injured. Slow little smile. Just a teeny little smile. And it's like, <laughs> I like how he's not really, like, he's not happy that his comrade is hurt. But at the same time, he's not unhappy that his comrade is hurt. And he's just delighted in a quiet little way. And I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it, just, it gives me a lot of insight into Tilk. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they proved that enough to, like, have them start paying attention. But, of course, because this is SGC, they're like, maybe you're sick or you got some sort of fucking Honestly, space Honestly, for once, something. this isn't bullshit. They're actually thinking it's, yeah, they're actually thinking it's some sort of premonition thing. It takes them a little okay, while to get timeless. So, 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 so. The premonition thing. I can't actually remember. The, did they Were they postulating that they were seeing into the future or just remembering it straight up? Because if you're saying the premonition thing, I have a little note on that. Um, I don't remember the exact wording, but I specifically remember that at a point in this episode, one of them is like, I don't think it, well, maybe it is remembering, but like specifically they say, I think Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Happening. That's cool. So like they don't okay. start. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, there's nothing to say then 100 that they did mention premonition. That being said, really fast, since it did get brought up, if that was at all alluded to or stated, yeah. I know it's not their fault. Even more so because again, this is an episode that hasn't been written yet. But a point that's brought up in season six mm -hmm. is uh, I don't remember this episode fondly. Jonah gets something on him and all of a sudden he can tell the future and sam really accurately brings up that the that that's impossible because the only way you could actually be able to tell the future is if you knew where every single particle was in the entire fucking universe you'd have to know where everything is all at once in real time because then that's the only way you'd be able to figure out how what action is going to lead to what and so on and so forth because life is math mm -hmm. she points out that simple fact you can't be able to know the future unless you literally know everything basically um and that's why it doesn't make any sense that he's able to see the future somehow they yada yada anyway and then he's somehow seeing the future anyway <laughs> because fuck it it's sci-fi <laughs> you know any any sophisticated enough technology is akin to magic whatever my whole point is that later they're gonna definitely prove that sam is not somebody who would entertain that and it's funny if anybody did because it's again Something they're going to point out later makes no fucking sense as a concept. Again, it's not their fault. Well, if they did say it and they haven't written part... that episode yet, it's not like I have any basis here. It just cracks me up when these things happen. There is a part... Uh, I, we keep jumping around and I don't want to... This episode jumps around. Ha ha ha. It's I a know, time loop. but like... The problem is that we're like two points away from this, but there's a point where, where Jack is in the commissary and Sam comes up to him and says, do you know what I'm going to say now? And I was like, girl, you know the day already changed. Why would you think he knows what that's? I think this is where the issue of the premonition came up. Because that's where that's where she says, I think it's a time loop, I think. No, you're not wrong. She does say that. I just I just can't remember if she also mentioned anything along those lines. Um, so on that note though, I uh I may I also agree that the introduction to it's a little 
jarring because like why would she say that she she knows that being said i i definitely have a theory for why they did that because that's where i texted you at one point holy crap i was not expecting that deep scene that like half kind of dark scene between the two of them <laughs> in the mess which by the way apparently that's a goof if you're in the military you don't call it a commissary apparently it's called a mess hall whatever anyway um i don't know if they called it commissary no she did it uh, that's, that's, it's actually a note that's why like, oh, okay. i was literally just reading it like that's apparently a goof anyway yeah. um I, I just i really wasn't expecting that because i forgot about the darker elements of the episode like it's not like i didn't remember the ending but i always kind of forget about this scene because it's once again, I always rewatch this not in order, so I usually just watch this one on its own, and mm-hmm. sometimes I watch it directly after uh, Divide and Conquer, but not always. I will watch them sometimes on their own. So I don't always watch it directly after with the literal lingering storyline effect of the fact that they literally just admitted their feelings and admitted they're not going to do anything about it. This episode has a whole yeah. dark element, kind of, in a way. like Not like dark in a bad way, but it's sad, because she's being her normal self with him and you can literally see him kind of like he's he's not shutting her down per se but he's definitely not entertaining her the way he normally does it's kind of funny how later it's going to completely yo-yo the opposite direction but (laughs) still i really appreciate it for the writing (laughs) for that whole bit because it it was really good it was almost like a new sensation for me like whoa this is dramatic (laughs) like they're feeling the they're feeling repercussions of not pursuing this Oh yeah, the writers were definitely like aware of everything that was leading up to. Yeah, it, I just you know? I wasn't. I'm I'm not always in that position because normally when I'm rewatching, I'm just grabbing mm-hmm. whichever episode I feel like. I just yeah, the, it, the impact hasn't really lingered before, but it did this time, and I really loved it. Yeah, just, it's a great it's a great scene. It's a weirdly great scene for being such a little brief moment. Um, but there's some fun things that happened before that. Uh, that basically, Jack and Teal give everyone the quick laydown. They get brought to medical to be checked over. Um, I love that Teal apparently hates thermometers and immediately takes his out of his mouth. But then what's so great is like he takes it out of his mouth when it's fo- when the camera's focused on him. Then the camera focuses on Jack because Jack's talking, and they do that thing where like Teal is in the background and he's slightly blurred. And despite the fact that he's in, a, in the background and slightly blurred, they make the effort of having the nurse yeah. put another thermometer yeah. in his mouth. And you just see him for the rest of that scene. He's never in the forefront for the rest of that scene. But he's just in the background with that thermometer, thermometer in his mouth looking so It's like so that scene out. in Guardians when Drax <laughs> is watching Groot rip the thing off the wall. They're talking about like, okay, well, no matter what, we have to grab the battery last. Yes, and Dra- Drax is talking. busy in the background looking around going, I guess no one else seeing this shit while <laughs> Groot's pulling off. It's like that kind of example. Like, I love that kind of shit. <laughs> I especially liked it because they made a point of the, I don't know what kind of style of filming it is called. I know it's a purposeful kind of style where... The person who's in the foreground is sharp and in focus, and someone right, right yeah, behind yeah. them is blurred if, out. If there's a, a name bit. for it, I don't know it either. But I just love it because, despite the fact that he's blurry and in the in the background, they still make a point of having him like actively reacting to to not liking thermometers. <laughs> I just like it. Even if you don't have them be a critical element in the episode, they can still be more of an ensemble. So I love it when you can have an episode where everybody's actually in it, yes. actually has a presence. Um, that being said, really quick, Teal with the, with the thermometer, it's just a really cool, it's, it's like that uh, bad example kind of thing with the repeating elements, the repeating themes. He keeps having his personal space invaded. That's the thing. It's whether it's thermometer or a door to the face. So yes. as you were saying that, I realized that's why he looks so put out. He says, he, this whole episode, he's just kind of like, just leave me alone. My bubble is my, is my safe space. And his <laughs> bubble just keeps getting popped. 
Uh, but yeah, so then Jack is walking down the hallway. Daniel runs after him to talk to him about the writing on Starting the Starting to set the up pillars. the ancients. And as he's... The ancients. I mean, we already have the ancients, but setting right, up... Right, no, the... this, this is like starting to set up storylines, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like actual storylines with him, yeah. And while he's talking to Jack, Siler rams into him for no discernible reason. No, no it's, like, there's totally a reason. He's his stunt double. If they were like walking around a corner, but they're not. He just decides he doesn't like Here's Daniel the thing. today. Jack is always in a dangerous situation because of Daniel. And whenever Jack's in a dangerous situation, Siler's the one having to take the actual fall. So <laughs> sure. this is his way of just getting back any way he can. That's, That's the meta. You can, you'll, meta you'll never convince me otherwise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he just brains Daniel to the ground, and one of the people helping him back up, Siler obviously is, because it is his fucking <laughs> fault, but the other person helping him up is Deloise. <laughs> so, and Jack makes a joke about, oh, should have seen <laughs> that coming. His, oops. <laughs> and then the scene with Sam happens. Then we get someone, someone's dialing in through the gate. And then we get the weird electrical storm coming in through the and gate. And bring like back the smug as, uh, as the Jack time. and Teal'c are both just like, fucking told you. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it doesn't happen this loop yet because they don't know it's going to happen this way again. They weren't even on the Somebody planet. says something along the lines of like, uh, I've never seen this before or whatever. And Jack literally says, we have. And then it goes. <laughs> so it's just, oh, I like yeah, how yeah, just a little happens. smug as usual. But I'm thinking like... There's a much oh, yeah. more no, it's, it's not like it's a ton of smoke, but I just like um, how it's already starting. I just like I yeah. said earlier, one loop in and they're already getting like told yeah. you so. But yeah, so then we get another loop, and once again, Jack and Teal are trying to be like, no, no, this this happened already. And I do like that Jack tries to do the perfect Groundhog Day countdown of I can tell you SG12 is about to come through in four, three, two, one, and then nothing happens. And they're like, SG-12 isn't scheduled to come through. And then the alarm goes off. He's like, oh, man, I missed Great it. Great comedic timing <laughs> for the, you know, for the people in the episode, diegetically or whatever the word is. Uh, but for the audience, I love that double pow with the directing timing. Deloise is amazing. No, it's, it's, I love the framing of it. It's, it's wonderful. And then, so Teal'c is still haunted by that damn thermometer. <laughs> Every time they're in medical, you just see Teal'c unhappy that he's got a thermometer uh, Call in me his crazy. Mouth. Maybe it's because they changed cameras. I know they changed it recently. Suppose, I, I remember reading notes on that recently. Um, they went from like grainy shit to digital or something. I don't know. Anyway, maybe it's just because the camera got better, but I swear his eye makeup is more dramatic to this episode. Like, it's super oh, no, dark, it's and I, just, I love the angles of it. It was really angled It's very today. dark in this I, episode. I honestly, I mean, I like to think that Teal wears makeup. I think this is like, I like to think, if, if not a cultural oh, choice, it's a personal choice. And I just, I like to think that sometimes he's feeling dramatic and likes to do the wings or something, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I won't disagree with you on that at all. Uh, so yeah. Teal Kate's thermometers, Daniel gets knocked to the ground again, and I, I like that, like, Jack tries to be like, we're not crazy. I mean, yeah, I'm a little weird, but look at Teal. Does this man look like he's crazy? And then Teal, and he, and Teal tries to, like, back him up, but he, you could tell he's like, what face am I supposed to give them? <laughs> like... He's like, I don't like being put on the spot here. It's I like don't... a warm body. <laughs> don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. <laughs> just, just don't be weird. Don't be weird. Yes. It's like every time you leave a store when you haven't bought anything, you you you, you haven't done anything wrong, but you feel like you're oh, yeah. looking like a shoplifter. You haven't done anything wrong. 
So uh, this time around, they actually decide to go to the planet just to like try and confirm what's going on and get just get an idea instead you of know, like recon. hanging around and waiting for medical results to come that aren't going to tell you anything. Um, they go to the planet and they run into the archaeologist, but <laughs> Jack tries to corner him and it, he's pretending like he does not. Doing remember. a good job too. Um, yeah, I he's want doing a spinoff that features Malachi's backstory. Like I want like Andor, right? but Malachi. <laughs> Um, and Jack does the whole, what kind of archaeologist carries a weapon? And Daniel goes, I do. Uh, and Daniel's like, bad As example. usual, Daniel, now is not the fucking time. Yeah, you're not helping. <laughs> uh, so then Jack pulls another thing out of his bag, which happens to be, like, a recording of this fan's dead yeah. wife. We don't know that yet, but that's what it's it is. It's obviously important to him, though. Oh, yeah, it's definitely important. And as this guy's trying to pretend like there's nothing weird going on and he's not suspicious at all, he fucks up and he calls Sam um, Captain Carter or Major Carter. Is she Major? Yeah, right I think. Now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's been Major for a while now. But yeah, he says there's nothing Major Carter can do. And and then Jack's like, hold on. How, How do you know, know her name? And he's Carter. like, you, you told me. He's like, no, I didn't. Not, not this, this time. time I didn't. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, God, I love this like, shift. Okay, well, fine. Oh, I love this shift. It's yeah, such good acting. Yeah, he instantly knows oh the jig God. is up. I always love watching good actors act together. It's just, I don't, call me weird, but I love watching talent. <laughs> it was just, a, his yeah. hands just drop, his whole, his posture changes, his demeanor changes, his tone changes, every, his face. Absolutely. I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, facial acting is amazing. This guy has it down. That's why I'm pissed that I don't see, like, a main role, really. Mm-hmm. There's even a part at, near the end of this episode where they confront him again at the end of like god knows how many loops it's been a couple months supposedly by the end so yeah who knows how many there's three yeah. now and and this is when they're confronting him at the end is what oh, i'm gotcha. talking cool, about cool, cool. uh when they confront him again at the end and he's like yeah he already was doing pretty good with like pretending and then dropping right. the act blah blah blah, right. blah but when they confront him at the end there's an air of confidence to him that he didn't have before even when he had dropped the act and it's like, he clearly grew through these time loops as well. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I want a backstory, man. I want right? I want more. Or even just what he's been doing this whole time. Like, you get a pretty damn good sense of who this guy is with the limited amount of information you're given. Which is kudos to everybody involved there. Like, literally, the whole team Absolutely. effort. Good job. Fucking yes. Um, it's great seeing his um, evolution in a way. I just wish we could get a backstory, man. I want more. Right? It says here he's in another episode later, but I don't remember it, so it can't be that important. Or, that was hmm. arrogant as fuck. <laughs> Let's say that, but better. Um, what I mean by that is, I don't remember it. I don't think it's a prominent storyline. I think it's more of like a continuation of this or like a mention. Could just be like one of those clip show things for all we know. Yeah. So who the fuck knows? I just wish we could get more information about him. It'd be lovely if we could. It's not like the show is, yeah. you know, terrible for not having it, but I would have loved that addition. Um, or even just... His time loops. Yeah, seriously, anything. Again, I can't blame them for this because it takes two iterations more before it happens. But I, that's one of the things that I miss the most about Universe is the uh, the Kino mini episodes because that was a great way of seeing the background of the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I cannot wait to show you those in time with the episode. Um, I, I, I don't know if we'll be able to watch them in the same order I did because I was watching them as they were released. I won't be able to remember that, and Lord knows if I'll be, if I'll be able to find <laughs> that listed somewhere. That's just a, that is a, that's, that would that would be an extremely targeted Google search. Anyway, the whole point I'm getting at here is that was a really awesome way of getting that. Like it's a little oh, thing, yeah. and you don't need it for the you know for the show at all. But once you have that, it's like oh shit. 
my favorite mm-hmm. one is the one that involves purple. I cannot wait for that one. That one's the one that involves the guy who uh, voiced uh, Goku, which I didn't know about until way too late. And now I'm pissed uh-huh. that I couldn't. Oh god, I was there at the convention. Ah, I'm so mad. <laughs> but yeah, so that's if they'd had a way to be able to do that back then, if they could have, you know, known the future and been able to do it in some weird format, it would have been great to see mini episodes about his loops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. Um, they try to confront him about it. He's like, I'm not changing anything. Uh, and before they can really, like, pin down on why or any of that kind of stuff, time loop happens again. Convenient time loop is convenient. I think, I don't know if this is directing, writing, or a combination of both. I think this episode does an excellent job of constantly trimming down the fat of them explaining the time loops to everyone else. Like, the first two times, you have to see him do it almost whole cloth. What year did uh, Groundhog's Day come out? Oh, 80s. Yeah, so it's definitely been a thing by then. So yeah, it's, it's plausible. And that um, makes but sense, But I just you think know? they do a very clean job of it. Because like on this loop, we start in the middle of the briefing where Jack is 90s. already explaining the time loop. Yeah. Came out in 93, actually. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, yeah. As soon as I said 80s, I, I was thinking like late 80s, but 93 makes sense. Because I remember a story with the Groundhog Day. They had to film it backwards. Yeah, because he's a, he's notoriously difficult to because work with on then, set. Because by then, Bill Murray was less interested in being professional. <laughs> he used that to his advantage because that's what a good director does. Yeah. But the whole point, the only reason I said it is because it's, it's, it's like the anti-zombie. Like how in zombie shit, they never know what a zombie is. They all, they always have a different word for it. Like, in, they, they they never say zombie. They always yeah. they always say something else, and they never they always have to explain the rules of zombiedom because they don't have zombies somehow. Which is why Shaun of the Dead is great because they do know zombies, and they even call out the whole thing about zombie movies never knowing yeah. what zombies well, exactly. are with, with notable exception. Nick Frost be like, "Any zombies out there?" And Shaun being like, "Don't say that. What the Z word." Like I said, with notable exceptions. That's why they're notable is because they're trying to, you know, make a point. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's this is like the anti that. <laughs> because every time this, this happens, everyone immediately, well, since 1993, every time this happens, I don't know if they ever did this kind of shit beforehand, maybe a Twilight Zone episode, I could see them doing that kind of thing. Probably, yeah. Like if anyone was going to, it'd be them, but they wouldn't call it a Groundhog thing because, duh. No. Anyway, the whole point is, being is since this did occur after 93, that counts as the people started just calling it what it was. No one had a yeah. problem knowing it. This wasn't the zombie of its era. No. So I just like that. It trims down shit. It does mean that we also got extra good shit, like all the juggling and everything else. That's all stuff they had to add because the episode, since everything was trimmed down because they didn't need to do extra exposition and shit, that meant that they actually, what's normally like a 42 episode, you know, like goal, they were they were super shy of that. So that's why they added the golfing and that's why they added the uh, juggling bit <laughs> um, and the ketchup, you know, the condiment on a plate thing. Yeah. That was all Wacko. them having to add that in because they were, they were out, they didn't have enough time. No, so, I just, yeah. I think it's probably like a dual effort between director and writers where they just like each time we do a new loop they cut a little deeper into the explanations and i love it it's very it's very well done you don't miss a beat at all and this is the briefing where jack can't think of geomagnetic so he just yells magnets Magnets. (laughs) so confidently too (laughs) and then Teal just geomagnetic storm right yeah that <laughs> i like how sam mentions that later too she's like you know he was even using it correctly mostly like <laughs> you know because that's yeah. usually gets, like the gist of it uh, i can't blame him because anytime 
listen, I don't, obviously I don't dislike science. I'm studying programming. But like, every time Sam starts her science babble, I don't listen to the words she's Oh no, she's man, you saying. do use tarot cards. <laughs> but, but yeah, I like, I don't listen. I, I just, in my notes, I go, Sam does science babble, and I trust you to have the science babble. Because it, it's not that I, I'm not even as dismissive of physics as Jack, but I'm just like, I don't need to, to write this down. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> Honestly, what she mentions is bullshit, but only because time travel isn't possible. Yeah. Like, the shit that you have to make up in physics to make this work, it negates everything. So it's it's literally, with the exception of, like, primer, I haven't seen anything actually accurately represent what time travel would look like. Because everything would have to be already felt, or you're in an alternate reality at this point. But even then, you're fucking shit up. So, no, and the yet, paradox resolves itself. And Back to the Future is still itself. the best time oh, yeah, travel But that's the thing, is that, that's the, <laughs> what I'm getting at here is, like, okay, Primer is the best yeah, one that does is, most, is, is the best for accuracy, and that it's just, like, a jumbled mess of what the fuck. Uh-huh. But story-wise, honestly, I think um, right now I'm not saying that I do not like Back to the Future. Don't kill me for this. Right now, my current favorite is actually Travelers. It's already been canceled because, of course, it was. It was amazing. It was With that fan tall, dark-haired dude, right? Tall, dark-haired dude. You mean the guy from Will and Grace? Eric McCormick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was fan-fucking-tastic. It attempted to resolve the constant paradox that is time travel and it tried to tackle the physics of it in a really unique way and honestly i mm -hmm. fucking loved how they did it so but the thing is that even if it's super awesome like that in terms of like kind of accuracy or if it's just funsies like back to the future you're already going into this with a massive amount of suspension of disbelief because and i yeah. will say it again time travel isn't possible <laughs> Dude, my suspension of disbelief immediately gets ticked when time travel gets introduced. I don't care how incoherent it oh, is. Oh yeah, no, I'm just like sold. No, I'm time I travel. Always I'm here. I, Hi, dude, I will always up? watch it because again, it's I'm going into it for the story. You have to go into it for the story. It's just I want to see how they're gonna do it. It's it's all about the execution, man. It, if you try and you actually show that you try, like with Back to the Future or with Travelers or with Primer. It's you're going to have to go into this with a massive amount of suspension of disbelief because time travel oh, yeah. isn't possible. I love how Stargate does it. I love their stupid bullshit introduction of solar flares being what yes. does it. That is such horseshit. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. I love that they just yada yada the way all of that physics, all of that radiation, all of that gravity, all of that relativity, all of the everything. Mm -hmm. It's just no. Magic gravity makes the wormhole go back and forth, and I'm here for it <laughs> because it's just, yeah. it just depends on your execution. So, yeah, um, I've already mentioned it before in a previous episode. Time will be a great, great episode for that. Yee, I can't wait Hell for it. Hell yeah, I'm so, so fucking I excited. I fucking for that. love time. That I'm ah, I love well, time. It's gross. In the interest of getting to that, it. yeah. Let's keep yeah, going. But that's what I'm saying. Stargate does a great job with this one. That's what I'm saying. You go into it. Absolutely. As long as you go into this understanding this is bullshit, you're good. Yeah, I never think about the science of time travel. I don't care. <laughs> That's what started this whole um, tangent was you were saying you didn't bother with the science. What she said isn't, it isn't bullshit insofar as it's completely bullshit. But the whole inversion <laughs> thing, it, yeah. So, um, so once again, they go to medical. And I do love that while Tilk is still being haunted by the thermometer silently, <laughs> like he's, he's suffering silently. I love that Jack is tired of getting a light shot, shot. Shine in Sean, his eye. Shown. Because shown. he goes, he, he like, he's 
done. He's done. Because Jack does not suffer in silence. And he says, I ask you what could possibly be in my eye that would explain this. I love that. To be fair, a lot of things. Uh, it's it's what your eye thing, is doing, my man. He, is your eye dilated? Is it responding? <laughs> Are you fucking seizing? As soon as he asked this, I thought of the, the fucking J-horror or whatever, the eye. Oh, God. That's literally the premise. Like, something happens with the person's eye and then they can see the future. I'm like, that's literally a movie, Jack. <laughs> Um, real quick though on that, cool bit of trivia on it, um, when Dr. Frazier is checking O'Neill's eyes with a light, the camera pans away from him in the same way each time. It's very similar as it does during the opening credits. It's a cool little, uh... Hell yeah. So this time, this loop, uh, Jack decides to protect Daniel from getting knocked to the ground by meeting him in his office. And, uh, speak- okay, I I do actually want to backtrack to the last time he got knocked over. Because I noticed when he went up and ran up to talk to Jack, you see him actually make a point of like dot like using his arm to dodge around someone who's walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Like he's wildly self-aware of getting knocked over until Siler knocks him over. Did you notice that? No, I did not. I was like, I don't know what this is saying. Does is it usually is it usually Daniel that's got his face buried in paperwork and runs into someone and this is like payback from Siler? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I just distinctly noticed at one point before Siler runs into him that like someone starts to walk near him and he kind of like like directs them aside with his hand while he's talking to Jack. I just thought that was interesting. Here we go. I have a theory for you. Um, I read somewhere once that when you die, you go and are able to access a place called the Akashic Field Plane, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh-huh. Once you're there, you know everything and so on and so forth. Maybe at this point, if it depends. It doesn't matter how you're brought back or how effectively you're brought back or how completely you're brought back. Maybe every single time you die and come, you know, get contacted with it and come back, maybe it's just a cumulative effort. And at some point, at a certain point, you're going to be uh, just like a little bit supernaturally aware. And when you add a time loop in there, even though he wasn't touching the thing, maybe because he just recently died, he's got a fresh sense of uh, what the fuck. So even though he gets run into enough, maybe if you just change the variables just enough, all of a sudden he's like, wait, the ghost of it's there. Okay, I don't know if you meant this just as a joke. Yeah. But I'm going to actually uh, take this a step further. What, you? This time loop was orchestrated by tech from the ancients, yes? Daniel has the has started having the connection with the ascension already. Yeah, sure. Like, Why he's not? already done, like, the meditation with uh, uh, Oma yeah. and all that kind of stuff. There you go. Like, like, he's already touched a plane and come back. So there you go. Maybe mm-hmm. it's exasperated. Maybe he doesn't need to touch. It's just eventually enough... He's extra sensitive, so even though he shouldn't be able to notice it, he's eventually beginning to, uh... Like, the episode that this is kind of similar to in, um, Next Gen, everybody starts to get flashbacks, like, dreams, and starts to hear hallucin- um, like, hallucin- you know, the voices of the previous loops. Like, uh, they can yeah. hear Picard going, abandon ship, abandon ship! Like, you can- oh, It's yeah, traumatizingly terrible. Oh, it's great! It fucked me up as a kid. That was- back then, that was- that was- who still holds up honestly in my mind um but it was it was yeah. a, it's a dark fucking episode especially the part where they show yes, like the flames is. crawling down the walls that mm-hmm. that was the one that messed me up but the whole point i'm getting at here is he's like that maybe he's just a little more sensitive to that he'd be the first in that moment to do it <laughs> to, to start Dude, hearing he this seems stuff. to be the most aware this whole episode when jack needs a break to be fair he's just like i said primed so he's just ready yeah but no i'm i'm willing to accept it i like it it's a joke, but I don't care. Honestly, it's, it started it's off as a joke, but now. now I'm here for it. Right? But yeah, so um, this time, so yeah, he meets Jack in the office with Teal'c, and 
like escorts him to the briefing room <laughs> so he doesn't get knocked over by Styler this time. And this time, this loop around, Sam proposes a, a possible way to escape it by dialing out before the thing is supposed to dial in. Like, if they're blocking a signal in, maybe the time loop can't reach them through the gate. It's a good thing there's still only a couple loops in, because this is, like, duh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's only their third, third? And it's the it's the first one they've actually had enough time to try something. No, they did this right. I'm just this is this is a compliment. I'm using my I'm using I'm I'll kill him if I have to. Wrong voice. I'm using the wrong voice for it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, no, it's a good thing. But so she tries it out and they start dialing through, but the seventh symbol won't engage. And Sam starts to run diagnostics on it, and she dis she says like there's nothing on our end that should be keeping oh. this from engaging. Shit, we've already done the but loop. As sorry, uh, real quick, we already did the loop. This is only the third right, loop. Right, but have we already done the one where they went back to the planet? Right, like we were talking about that earlier. Yes. Okay. Uh, really quick on that, I had to mention again uh, Daniel's amazingness, just really fast. I love how he was literally mid bitchy explanation of why he couldn't fix this when they went. Yes, that was so good. I can't believe I didn't. Yeah, that was so funny because because <laughs> obviously the guy they're they're holding the guy back so he can't push the symbols in and so they think they'll be fine right and then while they're talking to him they start moving on their own and Jack like turns to Daniel's like stop this and Daniel's like how the how fuck do you, do you expect do me to do that read it there's so much here how do you expect me to do that and like as he's chewing Jack out about how he doesn't fucking understand how translation work works and everything the screen whites out it's such a no, good it's fucking fantastic. transition it's I love fucking it fucking fantastic I love it I can't believe I forgot about that that was so good now I'm glad I brought it up I just wanted to say that really fast I was like shit speaking of no I'm loops. I'm glad you did I'm so happy about cool. that right. so yeah um so, so they can't shit. engage the the gate dials in again, the lightning starts up, and as the light starts to take over the screen, we get uh Jack like A beautiful waving wall break, at the man. Camera. Oh my god, that fourth <laughs> wall break killed me. It was so good. I watched that literally I must have pressed the ten second back thing like eight or nine times. It was worth it. It was so fun. I was uh I think I was in the oh yeah I was in the middle of an unskippable cutscene in a dungeon so I was like fuck this I'm just gonna watch my favorite thing over and over again because that was just <laughs> great just him looking up at me and going hi I just love it I love that shit I love it so fucking much but yeah so yeah he waves we go back to the breakfast table Daniel once again asks Jack his opinion on Budge <laughs> and Jack just goes ask me tomorrow. And we cut almost, we, and again, we, we're doing like, we don't have to see the explanations anymore. We're just getting deeper and deeper into each time loop because we've already seen this stuff that happened before. It. <laughs> so at this point, we're in Daniel's office and Daniel starts talking about the translations and everything. And Jack's like, yeah, you already told me this last time. In fact, I recorded it. And he pulls out a recorder and starts and presses and nothing comes out. And Daniel's like, if time rewound, that never got recorded. And Jack's like, what if I write it down? <laughs> and Daniel's like, you guys are going to have to remember it. You guys are going to have to memorize this. <laughs> you precious soul. Which is, you cannot convince me that the writer for Happy Death Day to you <laughs> has not seen this episode. Because okay. what follows is a whole bunch of, like, quick, like, 
I'm, I'm, it's a beautiful montage. It is a beautiful montage. A lot of other montage. stuff is going to happen, but I'm going to generalize here just to give the example. There's going to be a lot of quick cuts of obviously different time loops of Jack and Teal'c memorizing more and more of the translation in the office with Daniel. And it's a perfect parallel to In Happy Death Day to You, uh, Tree having to memorize the different formula solutions for the programming problem with the the time machine to the point to where at the end of one of these loops jack finishes writing a translation on the blackboard which is literally how the montage to hard times by paramore in happy death day to you ends with her writing out a finished algorithm on the blackboard and turning around to look at the rest of the and i was like I know you've seen this episode, sir. I know you have. There's no fucking way you haven't. This is too perfect of a parallel. <laughs> I mean, hey, it counts as research, right? Which uh, led to me actually at one point in my notes being like, this should be set to a Paramore song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when Daniel tells him, you're going to have to memorize this, he takes one of the printouts from Daniel, like, fine, can't be that hard, can it? And Daniel just casually I love that to paper the right way for him. <laughs> that one is in the column of cliches I'm never tired of. No, never. Funny, and it also works in this case because it's like, it's it's a square photo of writing. How is he supposed to know what direction the letters are in? If it's not a picture you know, if it's not a shape you know, then yeah, duh, it's upside down. Mm -hmm. You had a 50-50 shot there. Yeah. Honestly, you had a 25% chance there because you could have picked it up at any orientation. Yeah, exactly. So that's clearly going to be a great time uh that's that's Daniel's, evidence of what Daniel's they're gonna have to deal with high. no uh we cut to sam and hammond with great lighting in this scene i love the lighting in this scene so this is the scene where the writers actually go ah you thought we had a we thought we had a plot hole with the fact that they couldn't dial out to solve this, but SG-12 keeps coming through every time as proof that they are time-looping. Hmm, well, here odds. you go. We have an answer for that. And I applaud them for that, honestly. Other writers would have totally forgotten about it, or never even thought about it. Kudos on them. That being said, it comes back to bite them a little bit, their whole math helping them out so far, because now it's like, what were the fucking chances that one of the plans that SG-12 was going to was going to be one of the 14 yeah. that ends up being linked? <laughs> oh, that's definitely um, uh, one of those coincidence ones. But you know what? No, it's funny. It's a small it's one. <laughs> I will say, like, what are the chances? I mean, because they are going through a list, right? So they're probably going to a lot of very close planets at a time. Yeah, I still feel like the math isn't really in your favor. No, absolutely. The math is still definitely a, oh, that's a coincidence. But they're probably a little bit more likely to be on a nearby planet than a okay, far Okay, so one planet. in a few million versus one in a few billion is still pretty small. Yeah. So cool, exactly. but, but whatever. It's still, it's still an improvement. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, she theorizes that they couldn't dial out because... The loop pulled Earth out of sequence with the rest of the galaxy. I like how there's just no repercussions of that, by the way. Well, there is a, a tiny bit. No, 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 there's none. I love it. No, it's just no. done. <laughs> there's a tiny bit, like, narratively, because right. we find out at the end that the Tokra yeah, have been no. trying to contact them for months. It mostly just means, like, but any consequences no, like, of breaking title time. shifts. Yeah, or, like, yeah. there's literally no consequences. There's no rapid aging. There's nothing. I know they weren't out for, like, that long, but they're... Let's say you developed a heart condition within a couple of years. That would be the catch-up. 
that would be the mm-hmm. onset. So it's like how like no one drops dead. No one has any. What if you were diabetic? What the fuck would that do? Like I can't even imagine what that would do to your uh, insulin levels or your blood sugar. I can just. You could go on and on and on, which is why they did not mention it because <laughs> they very much did not want to go on and on and on. No, it's just really funny. There's some things that for this kind of plot you just oh, can't exactly. talk no. about. I, I, I'm mentioning it because it's funny, not because I'm yeah. mad. Absolutely, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so Hammond asks how SG12 can keep coming through if they're out of sequence, and Sam is like, "Oh, well, I had that thought too, so I started randomly dialing out, and I found that these like 14 planets are ones I can dial out to." One of which being the planet where the time loop's coming from. And then the rest of them are basically in a circle around that planet. So it basically formed what she calls a subspace bubble. I'm assuming it's gravity-based. I have to go with just gravity. It's just a broad, bold word. How? Gravity. <laughs> just don't ask. Gravity. Um. So at one point, Jack and Teal are taking a break from studying with Daniel and Jack admits to Tilk that he never knew what Daniel was asking him at breakfast. Like, he wasn't listening the first time. So every time they the reloop, and he's like, what do you think about that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel about it. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> um, and Tilk says he is also suffering, and then we get a flashback to something we haven't seen that's clearly been happening to him every loop at this point which is some poor airman opening a door in his face i love how like at one point he goes like you've done this many you have said this many times and the guy's like i'm sorry what next time i will not be so forgiving but when he said you're not the only one suffering for a brief second i was hoping they were going to show him dealing with the thermometer again (laughs) And as soon as they showed what he's really upset about, I was like, Teal'c, you could just not be there. It's a time loop that only you're aware of. Just don't be there. That's the thing. He's, uh, he doesn't care. He wants to be able to walk down the hallway unrestructed, and he's very upset that this is... He's, it's just, he's just upset, and this man needs to stop. No, I'm actually convinced when we see it later on again happen in this episode that this kid actually hates Teal for some reason and is doing this on purpose. So it doesn't matter how much the time loop changes, he keeps looking for Teal and finding a moment to open the door on him. It's the only explanation, because at this point, they're wildly changing what they're doing every day, and yet he still manages to open a door on I maintain it's because Teal'c is stubborn as fuck. (laughs) I will not move, you must move. Exactly. (laughs) Like, um, you will move. No, you will move. Dude, this is a lighthouse. Oh yeah, I love that story. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Teal'c is the lighthouse. No, he's the ship, and the door that keeps opening in front of his face is the lighthouse. Watch, he will make himself the lighthouse. He He will. will Why do you think this keeps happening? He's maintaining that he is the lighthouse. It doesn't matter that he's the one in movement. So we get a whole bunch of time jumps that should have been set to a a montage song from Paramore, but it's Teal'c and uh, Teal'c and Jack helping Daniel translations and learning to juggle. We start with Jack, and at first he's like struggling really low, and then you see him doing it really well, and then Teal the joins in, and then they're both juggling, and you just see Daniel turn around from the translation board and just stare at them both juggling. I'm paying attention right now. <laughs> Poor Daniel, he he does suffer as well. Yes, he does. 
Uh, so Jack takes a loop off to draw a face on a plate with mustard and ketchup and yell wacko really loudly Dude, in the mess hall. <laughs> I, I felt that, though. Like, fuck this noise. I'm, mm, like, <laughs> don't talk to me about consequences. Just don't talk to me. I'm taking, mm-hmm. I'm taking some me time. Listen, you gotta take those mental health days. You really, really do. So then we cut to, he goes back to the translations in the next loop, and we cut to a scene of him finishing writing the translation on the board. I Daniel. It's beautiful. <laughs> And then what I like is that at this point, Daniel could tell his husband is slowly going insane because he gives him the you can do anything with no consequences for a couple of loops suggestion. He absolutely you can't convince me he didn't bring that up on purpose because he's never brought it up before, clearly, because this is the first time Jack went, oh, yeah. So it's clearly the loops have been getting to Jack. Daniel could see they've been getting to him. And he's like, hey. Have you ever tried doing something crazy because there's no consequences? And then it's just like, it's like Jack just got a message sent down to him from heaven. Just like, (gasps) (laughs) So the first thing we see him do is he clearly wants to be Demi Moore from Ghost. (laughs) And he's doing some bad pottery. (laughs) Just picturing Patrick's, no, I'm picturing Michael Shanks leaning over. Yeah, it would obviously be (laughs) Daniel coming up behind him when he's ascended. Ascended Michael Shanks coming. With the white, with the white sweater. Moving on, moving on. We're already two hours in. We, ha- we have to move on. We do not have time for this. Okay. So he does that. Uh, he rides a bike in the hallway. He does golf through the gate with teal. Oh, did you see my text and on that? No. Apparently, Christopher Judge is actually really good at golfing, so he actually managed to hit every shot through the ring. Whereas nice. Richard, Dean, Richard Dean Anderson. Not so much. Apparently he couldn't get a single shot through. They had to use CGI. That's hilarious. <laughs> that, is the, that was the best thing I read. But they get a couple of swings off through the gate, and then Hammond yells at Jack as he's about to swing again. And, the and he just drops, well, one of them. like, he drops his arm down and he goes, in the, in the middle, middle of my, my back, back swing. Oh, God. It Which is a up. phrase that haunts me. No, it always holds because up. Because oh. I've made this joke to numerous people who have never seen Stargate. Which means it means nothing. If you have not seen Stargate, in the middle of my backswing means nothing. It's very sad. It's like if you don't know Galaxy Quest and somebody, or if I were to go up to you and be like, well, This episode fuck was that. badly written. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Whoever <laughs> oh, wrote this look, episode I have should one job die. on this stupid, on the ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. You know, that is really getting annoying. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. Okay? Yeah, sure, no problem. I love her. Um, but yeah, so this, okay, so then we get the, the, the another scene of the man, uh, the airman beating Teal'c in the head with the door again, which is where I'm convinced that he's doing this on purpose. And Teal'c, like, this time, because... No consequences. Tilk shoves him through the door and closes it on I him. I love the yelp. Tilk turns himself into the lighthouse. I love the yelp. As yes. the door closes, you can literally hear him cry out as he gets slammed Aww. backwards. Just, ah! Poor kid. It's beautiful. I, I'm glad they didn't do, like, a Wilhelm thing. I honestly, I just, I, it, it sounded, it, it was perfect. Not that Wilhelm would have made sense there, but you know what I mean. It just, they made yeah, it, no, it sounded very you. perfect, and, uh, 
it was on point for like i said i, I really love the insight into tilk's character so the end of this montage of uh no, no consequence things is that jack uh turns in his resignation to hammond i should hate this i should then... he doesn't ask for consent it, this is yeah no it's yeah that it's is... not as bad as han solo and, and leia but it's not much better yeah it's it's not great and i'm not ex- yeah, no, it, I just hate myself because but I, the, the fact that she wraps her arms back around him makes me, I, I, I choose to see it as a good thing. Yeah. I'm bad. And I'm evil for doing it. at least this moment happens after both of them yeah. have already yeah. acknowledged that they have feelings yeah. for each other. Yeah. So, like, they are aware. It's it's not great. No, it's not great. But it could be worse. Exactly. No, I'm not excusing it, and, I, and I'm calling myself out for being, I'm romanticizing something I shouldn't a sap. be. Judge me as yeah. you will. So yeah, he resigns and then sweeps her into a, a dip kiss. Another thing that saves it a bit for me is when the flash, you know, goes and they're back in the next, and they're in the next loop. I choose to see his smile yes. as fond and not pervy. No, no, it's definitely fond um, because uh, at the end of, the, I'm going to jump all the way to the end of the episode for a second to help support this. At the end of this whole episode, Daniel will once again bring up, hey, did you ever, were you ever tempted to do something, you know, without consequences during these loops? And Jack doesn't really answer, but he does kind of look over yeah, he gives at a pointed Sam, look. And she smiles at him in a way yeah. that she knows exactly what he did. She has no problem guessing, at the very least. Yeah, she has a pretty fucking good idea, and she doesn't have a problem with it. Yeah, like I said, I, uh, the thing I always go with is, like, I choose to see it as a not terrible thing because... She uh, wraps her arms around him as well, and she kind of seems to respond. It could just be because she's holding on for dear life. I choose to see it as a better <laughs> thing. You know, it's like that famous picture of the soldier who returned home after World War Two, and it oh, turns yeah. out it's not. It, it, it was never romantic. He he literally walked up to a random strange woman, and the picture. There's two pictures. One that one that everyone loves, and they made a statue out of, and the the one right before where she's very clearly got her fist balled up, and she's pulling, trying to push him off of her because she has no the. She doesn't know who the fuck this guy is. He just grabbed her and started kissing her. That's messed up. Yeah. But everyone likes to see it as this beautiful romantic moment. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is a non-consensual encounter. So, yeah, it's it's too much. It's too it's too close to that to be cool. And I want that on record. I am aware of that and I have a conundrum at my feet. Yeah, no, I get it. I I was like, well, I mean, they they have acknowledged it's it's there there's a, there's a there's a veil there it's it's tricky <laughs> so then we uh we end all of our little montagey jokey time loops um and we're at the briefing where Daniel is explaining the finished translation and i like how he has to pause for a moment of disbelief before acknowledging that Jack helped him with the translation. Again, he's still primed, because once again, it's not weeks for him. It's just another day of being pissed. The same day of being pissed. Jack has still failed yep. to tell him his feelings on Budge. Yep. So um, we find out that this was a planet of ancients, and they suffered a cataclysm at some point. And they tried to build a time machine to go back and fix it. But they failed and realized it was only doing loops. So eventually, they shut it off and gave themselves over to the the uh, t- the, the cataclysm. So, um, uh, I read a note in here somewhere. Again, so much trivia that 
this uh, introduces what's going to become the Contagion storyline. So oh, okay. I'm guessing that's what they're talking about. Sure. Works for that me. That would work for me. Yeah. Uh, so they have, they know enough to know how to shut it off. They can, they, they have the solution. They go to the planet and they start to walk up to the table to deal with it and run straight into a force field. They're not the only ones who've learned. Uh-huh. In my notes, I call him Malachi the science guy. <laughs> <laughs> How did you wait till now to tell me about that? Oh my god, I'm dying. Oh my because this god. This is literally the first time I called him Malachi the Science Guy. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but that's really funny to me. Because we grew we grew up with Bill Nye. Yeah, no, I just I, I've been laughing up till now just because my you know, my character name in uh, Final Fantasy is and the first name is uh, Malachi. So I've just been laughing at that. Just just for me, internally, I've been, you know, inner chuckle, like, oh, look at that, coincidence. Uh, I've also been laughing at the supposed spelling, because, okay, that's one way of doing With it. With a K? Yeah. M-A-L-I-K-A-I. I, I'm not going to be, like, I'm not going to gatekeep this, but there's definitely a different spelling that I'm used to from the Bible. Um, yeah. Also, Vonnegut. I, I, even like, after Malachi I saw constant. the way they wrote it in the subs, I was like, no, I'm going to write it the correct way, thanks. <laughs> so... He hasn't wasted his time loops. He has a force field over the device, and he has clearly grown some. He has matured a little bit in all these loops. He is just so cool. Like, he walks up, and he's just chill as fuck. He's like, I am in control of this situation. You will not stop me. It can't, it can't have hurt the fact that how many loops now he hasn't seen them come back. So he's definitely been thinking for some time now that... They're sufficiently quelled. And yeah, great, they're trying again. Probably just because they're desperate. Because look at me, I'm in my fucking element. Well, I love it, it's great. Uh, and we find out he had to trade a whole bunch of artifacts to get an actual gold force field. Uh, which is why my notes here say he clearly took some confidence classes during the loops. So if he had to trade with the gold, he would have to. I feel like dealing with black market shit and dealing with the gold is kind of like a pass fail system. Um, so yeah. if you make it through, you're uh, you're definitely gonna have some you know some some new spine. Well, here's a question: if he if he died, would it still loop and he'd be fine? I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm assuming. Like yeah, he also so he probably failed a couple of times yeah. and then figured out right. how to do it. But like, we're, unlike everywhere else, where like you have to suffer the effects. Like, I mean, at the very least, like Michello, for example, with the years and years and mm -hmm. years of torture. Nope. So yes, we find out from him that his wife died. That's the woman in the the little recording device he had, and they're like, okay what you're going to go back and stop and he's like no she died from a disease i can't stop oh, that i love that but i just want to see her one more time i just want to touch her one more time and sam um oh and then i said he's had this many loops but didn't figure out the device never worked but then again we already saw he's a worse translator than daniel <laughs> so it works honestly i think they do a great job of setting up from the beginning that he's translating just off enough that he thinks he can do a thing with this that he can't also um it's been established now as you were saying that he's been spending some time off world trying to you know acquire yeah. you know, shields and shit like that and they've been spending how many loops dedicated to studying it so they've had more time exactly. it looks like more manpower more man hours put on it so mm -hmm. yeah fair enough uh so sam points out he's doing this to 14 other worlds not just this one uh, and you do actually see him pause a little bit at that. Like, he, he doesn't feel great about that. Um, but he's still like, I'm not backing down. 
they do such a great job with this. He's not like sociopathic or anything. He's yeah. He's just he's determined. just really determined yeah. and heartbroken. He's heartbroken and determined. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jack tells Malachi that he knows exactly how he feels because he lost his son, and but he basically what he his whole speech and it's a great speech and I wouldn't do it any justice. So just go watch this episode. It's a good episode. But what his speech to Malachi basically boils down to is this isn't going to solve anything. It's not going to bring her back. She'll, she's still going to die. And you're going to have to see it for a second time. Can you handle that? Because I know I couldn't handle that with Charlie. And that's enough. Like, him knowing exactly where this guy's coming from with the loss and, and like, the hope of, like, well, maybe there's a solution here. And being like, no, there isn't. Like, there's not the time doesn't work the way you think it does time travel doesn't work the way you think it does and even if it did you can't solve what's gonna kill her so you just have to watch her die again can you handle that and at this point the the machine started to start up again the electricity's going it's about to reset but jack gets to him just in time that he punches all of the appropriate stones to stop the thing to turn it back off system reset something <laughs> and he lets down the shield around the the table as well and you know they all kind of go their separate ways like please don't do that again to someone else <laughs> like i hope you heal bye we're going back to our planet to not be in a time loop again and when they get back through to sgc uh i think sam like compliments jack on like you know coming up with a solution for all of this or whatever and jack goes well you know what they say if at first you don't succeed try 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 again, again. <laughs> every single point of delivery in this episode was fantastic i i, I had so i had good. to give up eventually on i was trying to note every single one of the just because they were just it was oh my god right. so perfect so perfect so perfect it was a perfect episode so then we're back in the mess hall, and Jack is going to town on some fucking oatmeal. Like a and bear. And like, I've never seen anyone this excited about oatmeal. And he's like, I am sick of Fruit Loops. <laughs> Sam mentions that apparently the Tok'ra have been trying to reach them for months. And oh. it took them a while to figure out that they weren't getting through. Can, yeah, you're good. I just, uh, somebody did the math. And I love it when somebody does the math, so I don't oh, have to. how many to. loops they had to do? Well, in a, in a, in a way. So. Okay, here we go. At the end, it is said that the Tok'ra have been trying to reach them for over three months. No set values are given, and we don't know when the Tok'ra began to try to contact Earth. With this, considering an average of 30 days to a month, average of what? <laughs> like, where did we decide this was the galactic standard? Anyway, 30 times 3 months is 90 days, 90 times 24 hours is 2,160 hours. 10 hours per loop approximately, so 2,160 divided by 10 equals 216. Tilk and O'Neill experienced a minimum of 200 and, uh, 216 loops, possibly many more, of which, by the way, 22 iterations are shown according to a different note. <clears throat> Somebody counted, I guess, like separate iterations. That makes sense. Or, yeah. Anyway. I buy, I buy that. Yeah, so uh, that that sounds about right. That doesn't seem wrong. Yeah. It seems like average math. I just didn't want to do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm always so happy when someone the, else like, does Like the it. timing of him just like losing it and having to take like a day, a day here and there for... For mental health Honestly, day and Honestly, possibly many, 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 many more because, okay, so like 
Mars, oh, for I mean, example, all, all of has that, a soul, all not of those, a day. Uh, and no consequences right. were different yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just talking about the fact that like 216 loops minimum, it's like, oh, it's probably more like 600 minimum, I feel like, because again, Mars in our own solar system, it's it's days like, what, 36 hours to our 24? It's the, their soul, what I think is what it's called. Um, which makes no sense. I thought that was what our sun was called. Anyway, uh-huh. anyway, the whole point I'm getting at here is that's just a, um, we are similar shaped, we're similar size, we're blah, 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 mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of similar conditions, and their day is longer. And there's all the other planets in our solar system which have a bunch of di- radically different days, you know, depending on so on and so forth. What I'm getting at here is the math does not work out, I feel like, based on my very, very yeah. limited knowledge. I always have to put that little asterisk there. I know I might just be making it obvious why I'm an idiot. But mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like the math is in favor of this standard of 30 days to a month. Like, that just feels wrong. <laughs> like, I'm fine with shows like Farscape saying it because fuck it. Like, what else are we going to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of fucking work to set up an entire new set of everything. Like, I know I understand why yeah. they do this as a writing thing. I just think mathematically 216 is fucking low. Yeah, I get that. Not in a bad way. Like, I'm not saying their math is wrong. I'm just thinking there has to be, like, shit tons in there. Mm-hmm. Because why the fuck would yeah. it be average 30, to, you know, 30 days? Why so on and so forth? And how the fuck long knows... Who the fuck knows how long it took for the Toker to even notice? They're very self-centered. They probably waited until they needed some, you know, cannon fodder. And who knows how long it took for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it ends with... So she says, you know, that they've been trying to get reach them for three months and haven't gotten him through um and it ends with daniel asking jack if he did anything without consequence and jack looks over at sam and sam gives him this little smile i mean she definitely has an idea of one thing that he did and it's just kind of a little secret smile they share between each other and then we go out on that it's nice no i uh my note exactly on this is christ this ending because honestly, the combination yeah. of the extremely emotional moment, which we already, that one obviously I did remember because it's fucking fantastic. We've even talked about it when we were preparing for this, who knows how many mm-hmm. times in advance of this, because we love this episode. Anyway. Absolutely. It's just a good fucking yeah. episode. So that is the end of this episode. So, uh, nobody died. Nobody, well, Daniel might have died. I'm counting it as Daniel death. When? In the very beginning, when Malachi shoots him. He didn't kill him. He just no, shot I, him. No, I, I, I mean, come on, it's funny. It's funnier. He definitely didn't I, kill I him. I maintain, it's Daniel. He's always dying. Come on. This is so easy to do. No, okay. I can't accept that fine. one. Fine, well, I mean, it has this to be unanimous to put it in the table, so that's Daniel. fine. I'm he not mad about that. Kill him yeah, it, it, it has to be a unanimous decision to get put in the table, so that's fine. I'm down with that. Uh, I just, that was my position on it. At the very least, he made a go for it by getting shot. I don't see... I think it was meant simply to knock him well, out. Well, no, no. I, I meant, what I mean by that is something I've brought up before, which is every time alien technology is used on somebody, like an alien stunner, for example, it's funny as fuck every time it happens to actually stun. Like, oh, like yeah. why the okay. fuck would it? It's alien technology mm-hmm. on human physiology. Like, I know the whole thing is go old stuff is that it tends to be modified for human physiology. Yeah. But there's nothing to say that actually is a go old weapon. It doesn't look like anything they use. It looks more akin yeah. to the uh, zappy thingy from no, the original Star Wars. No, that weapon is probably from Malachi's planet. Yeah. So my whole point I'm getting at here is it could be alien tech. It's very funny every time new things don't kill. It's always funny yeah. to me. So it, at the very least, he made a go for it because who the fuck knows? 
Hell, people today can get shot okay. with weapons we know. If like a beanbag is meant to be not lethal, but if you get shot between heartbeats, it can kill you. So like, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that can kill you. We're very fragile and stupid. So the whole point I'm getting at here is he made a go for it at the very least. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm totally down with not saying he died. I just wanted on record he made a go for it. All right. Um. So I think in this one instance, obviously. I don't think I need to even ask. This is a thumbs up. Oh, fuck yes. Two thumbs up. Yes. Now, normally when there's two writers on um, on an episode, I'll write each of them into their own section in the writer's column. Right. They only seem to write together. I think they're only a duo. Yeah. So, so I'm until I see evidence to the contrary, I'm totally down with just putting them as a, a unit. If they're it changes, an effective it changes. partnership. But for now, they are a unit. So I'm just going to put... Uh, Malozi and Mali both get a thumbs up for this episode. It was great. It was fantastic. Are you a Jack or are you a Daniel? I am a Daniel. Uh, Jack did make a few goes. He did make some attempts to get me, but honestly, I was just every bit of Daniel's attitude. Every bitchy moment Every single of bitchy moment. Um, I, the whole time having to take charge of, like, trying to teach somebody, especially somebody who's really not, like, it's, it doesn't matter if they're, if oh, they're actually trying to pay attention, t- trying to pay attention. If they don't want to be there... It's going to show, and I hate having to be in that situation. So I was Daniel so much. Like, it's not like Jack, it's not like I wasn't Jack, but there was so much of me that was Daniel in this episode. Oh, yeah. I, I'm basically going to agree with you on every point there. Um, but I think distinctly the moment where I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking Daniel, is the face he lingers on. He holds this face in that scene where he goes, you think he read your report? And then he just does this like side, like narrow with his eyebrows right. going yeah, down. No, slit where it's like, eyes, I've yeah. made that oh, face yeah. no, at people before. I feel that. No, I, that's another, that's one of the many things that I agree with on that one because that's what I did. That's yeah. why we're both so Daniels. We're both yeah. Daniels. No, I, uh, I love We both hate Budge and are mad that Jack won't share his feelings on it. So that's it for this week. Next week, we are going to watch season four, episode seven. Watergate. And the summary for that episode is SG-1 joins forces with a beautiful Russian scientist to investigate a rogue stargate in Siberia linked to a mysterious water planet. The team must venture via submarine to the water planet where they encounter an unexpectedly terrifying alien presence that just might destroy them all. What is this obsession with the beautiful Russian scientist? What is this? What, like, the beautiful Russian whatever. Like, what? James Bond Yeah, thing. I know. I, I, that's all I can think, too, is, like, GoldenEye-type shit. And it's just like, what? Dude, I can't answer it. I, I've never read James Bond. <laughs> I've never read it, but I've seen GoldenEye and most of the others. I've, I've seen To Russia with, from, from Russia with Love. I don't like. I love how everyone's like, Sean Connery's the best James Bond. It's like, I beg to fucking differ. I don't really have. It's I don't really a have very misogynistic. Exactly. Era of James I, I love Bond. how much adoration people have for it. It's like no, it doesn't matter. It's like it fucking matters to me. <laughs> like fuck you. That's a disgusting era, and he's a disgusting There's person. There's one movie where he flat out slaps a woman. And this Russian scientist note. thing is just such a weird obsession. That's the reason I brought it up. Like this whole Russian scientist thing, is such a weird obsession, and I don't remember it. I honestly remember most of the other stuff. So. I'm hoping it's Listen, because it holds uh, There's up. a chance that, like, the summary person is the one obsessed with the hot Russian scientist thing, and yeah. it's just a fucking yeah. Russian scientist. I'm just hoping I'm not gonna... Oh, no, shit, it's this one. Fuck. Okay, so, oh, 
So I'm an idiot. Uh, no, I very much know who the scientist is. She is beautiful, and I take back every single every single thing I fucking said because she's played. You're not complaining about hot Russian scientists. She's anymore? played by Marina Sirtis. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, no, nothing else needed. Nothing else right, needed. Good. I take everything back. I just forgot which episode this was. So yeah, yeah, I'm here for this. So on that note, that will be next week. <laughs> Until then. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris. And until next time. Bye.